0: Hey everybody, Jimmy Warren. Welcome to this edition of Guitar Talk. Today, my guest comes all the way from across the pond in the UK area, Dom Martin. Now, I was a little unfamiliar with Dom until uh, just, I'd say, in the last few months. But uh, you know what? Since I've... (laughs) was presented, you know, he was presented to me and I was listening to his music. Man, this guy is really, really talented. I think you're going to enjoy this. I think he's somebody that you're going to really want to pay attention to because he is going to rise quickly, I'm sure, uh, overseas. And, you know, who knows, maybe someday he'll make it to America. But anyway, you're going to enjoy this conversation because we're introducing you to somebody really cool and really new. We're talking about Dom Martin from the U.K., Right here on Guitar Talk. There we go. There it hey! Is. All right. hey. You see got a guitar. Yeah, pick up one. Yeah. Pick
1: up one. Come on, join me, Jimmy, for some guitar. Let's go.
0: Yeah. <laughs> hey, <Focus>. is there, <laughs> uh, there any way you can turn up your volume a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> I met on your audio. Is it, I know.
1: Every opportunity, Jimmy, I get, you know. Let's get into the settings here. Let's get into that. Not what what old. Where the hell is it? so long since I've used this thing no. Here, jump in there. I'll go to your way. Okay. Some soothing uh, background music. We'll view, so. settings, uh-huh.
0: okay. well, that's sort of, that's up full now. Is that it? any background? Yeah. Okay, that should work. <clears throat> Where were we? All right, thank you very much. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's pleasure. a pleasure to meet you. It's you know? a pleasure to meet you too, Jimmy. Yeah, but, so what do you got in your hand there? I know it's a telly. This is a, a, a friend of mine, George Jones
1: from Club Sound, give me this, and it's a Squire from, it's a really early 80s Squire thing. Um, I needed a slide guitar, and I wanted to fire on a set of 13s on something, just just to see, I didn't want to do that to any of my guitars, you know? So when I got this one, I was like, oh, opportunity, slide guitar, that, that'll do it, you know? So it's in D at the minute, and uh, takes a bottleneck pretty well, and the neck's pretty straight, so. Yeah, right. So
0: you're, so you're proving all those people out there that say that the Squire is one of the worst guitars that there is. You're you're proving them completely wrong.
1: I mean, I would go on stage with this um, and be happy all night long. You know.
0: Yeah, you know that's that's a common thing that I hear. Yeah. You know, when people, especially you know, uh, people will will reach out and they'll say, "Hey, you know, what kind of guitar should I get? I'm thinking about getting a Squire." And on some of these, you know, like social media groups, people will just pounce on them, you know, like, well, that's the fucking stupidest thing you could do. You're an idiot if you get that. And then you got to turn around and respond, well, you know, George Harrison played uh, Squire. So did Jeff Healy. Mike (laughs) Rutherford plays one name. The Beatles were all using Epiphone dots, you
1: know, or casinos, you know, it's, it's the same thing, it's the same thing. It's not about the guitar, really. And nobody's prepared to admit that, oh, you have to, in, in order to be a, a really good guitar player, you have to have a really good guitar. No. I, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm a great guitar player, but I was brought up on the the worst of the like little classical guitars from charity shops that were like ten pounds, you know, that had one string that worked and and all nothing else worked on it, and they they were great and they sounded good. They got us through a lot of dark nights and you know windy and rainy days, and that, they were the best guitars. I wish I still had those, you know, because now I've I I mean I've been fortunate enough in life to own a Gibson or, or a Fender, you know. Um, and and I come from a place that that was like a dream for me. That I never had any of that growing up, you know. So now I, I do. I'm lucky with guitars. I'm unlucky with everything else. <laughs> guitars, guitars find me. I've never had to ask for any of them, and people just give me their guitars. It's it's a phenomenon. It is a complete phenomenon. Um, so yeah, I'm lucky in that regard. Um, but my luck in that regard has amplified my my non luck with everything else, you know. So. I'm I'm pretty much screwed. So I enjoy the guitar. I mean, I'm on like a whole other realm of boredom when I don't have a guitar in my hand. You know what I mean? I, I other level boredom that that I, I, you can't even put into words. I can't even look at it. I'm like that boredom right there. You know,
0: yeah. awful. I think it's I think it's better, and I tell people, uh, especially new players or young players, that it's better to spend their money on getting a quality amplifier. Oh, yeah! it is to get, you know, a, a more quality guitar in a, in a really crappy amp, because yeah. you can take a crappy guitar and you can make it sound good through a quality amplifier, but you can't take a, you know, it's hard to take a really crappy guitar. Yeah. I mean a really good guitar and make it sound good through a really crappy amp because. Yeah,
1: I agree because I used a, a Vox AD30 VT modeling amp. It's got one, 12 x 7 in it and uh, it was like my first you know amp really and it's not for stage you know i i i, I used it on stage in bands and, and stuff and and it worked and it made noise yeah. you know but it's not for stage you know and I, and I when i got i have a fender blues deluxe here at the minute that i use and it gets a bad rep but people don't know how to use it right nobody knows how to use this amp i feel like i'm the only one in the world that actually likes this thing if you go on the forums you know <laughs> Everyone kill the thing, get rid of it, sell it, and laugh off into the night. Ha ha! I sold it. You know that thing is going on with this with this amp. I find a lot of really nice, usable stuff with this amp, and it suits me. But that Vox, I mean, it. Uh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. You, it's it's definitely better to have a, a crappy guitar and a good amp than to have a, a good guitar and a crappy amp. You know? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Now, the the Vox you're talking about is that the one that's the modeling amp? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, know. I bought that amp for my son when it first came yeah. out when he was young. Oh, then- I, I,
1: wish, I wish I still had the naivety that came with it, because I was so inexperienced with amps and whatever, and I just took it and put it on a chair and plugged it in and turned it on and just jammed, you know. I didn't take it seriously. But the naivety that I had back then, you know, I didn't need pedals or or any anything at all i wish i still had that because once i got a good amp and i'm adding reverb pedals to it and like th- distortion and overdrive and all this stuff I, I created this monster that i now have to be a slave to you know and, and you're worrying about is this one turned on for this song and is this one for that song and you're like you know what just scrap that go back to just plugging into the amp and, and playing some bloody music you know I have nothing against people that use pedals or anything but uh, I mean I still use them myself every day you know but um, there's not I mean it takes away if you have a good amp it takes away I think something from it because even if I have the pedals off and it's still going through the pedals and into the amp and even nothing's on it sounds different than when I just take the, the, the lead and just plug it right into the amp and then guitar there you lose something there with all the pedals in the chain I think it could be right. just me but
0: yeah, really, it really depends on the amp, you know, because you know, some amps, you know, in my opinion, are, are 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 platformed and built well to handle pedals, and then some some do both, and then like you're saying, you know, some are just you know pure beasts and you just plug straight into them, yeah. like 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 for instance, you know, a, a lot of the different Fender amps. I mean, you really it's hard it's hard to get a better clean sound unless yeah. you're going with something like a two rock or or something like that. It's really hard to get a better clean sound than with a Fender. Right. The Fender has a punch, you know. And you can't get uh uh a really good high gain tone, you know, uh I mean you look at like Fried, Friedman for instance yeah. when you plug straight into a dirty Shirley, yeah. I mean, it's just a beast. And so it it's you know, Yeah. No, I I I prefer the clean to be honest. I, I prefer
1: a, you know clean with a good boost and then like an overdrive after that, like uh, I've had good success with the Rory Gallagher hawk pedal yeah. it's it, i mean it really it's it's a scary pedal you know and it, you could just that that alone will will get you there you know but I mean I play in places that they you're not you know not allowed but you're you can't turn the amp up to to get that that nice flavor coming from it, and uh, a lot of places we we play just won't 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 let you do that. So yes. that, uh, that overdrive, and I mean, the amp song, like not even one yeah. most of the time, you know, it's just getting some signal and then it's boosted with that Rory Gallagher Hawk. And then like the big tweedy drive from the mad professor have had some success with that and those two together are great, you know, cause you can turn one off. You still got your clean, but it's like supercharged clean, you know,
0: right. so that's, right.
1: that's what I'm using at the moment, which is good. Yeah,
0: well, You know, there's, there's a couple of ways, uh, you know, one is is I don't know if you if you've used any of the low wattage, you know, like 25, 30 watt amps, but uh, I mean, I those, have, those are some really good options. Yeah, yeah. As yeah, is the the, yeah. the, the Freyit uh, attenuator works really yeah, well. Yeah, know? they're some of them are
1: really expensive. I mean, the ones the one that I'd be looking at was like over a grand. Yeah for for this thing i was like that's that's crazy i could probably build one for less than that myself you know if i if i don't get electrocuted i've been electrocuted a couple of times from these amps um the fender champ got me a good one the little ring around the fuse holder inside you know i was looking inside to see what was rattling about there and i just touched it with my thumb just a just an accident man and it was like not a really not a good feeling (laughs) really not a good feeling yeah Um, yeah i've been blown across the room by this vendor here this is why i used to work on guitars when the interviews came in i would wait for the interview like this colin campbell was the last guy i had the amp in front of me like this and it was facing him and i was at the back you know fixing bits and pieces while we were doing the interview this way if i died he knew you know who to call and (laughs) something happened because i don't have a lot of people around me when i'm doing stuff like that so yeah it's dangerous it it blew me right across the room
0: yeah yeah so uh I, I, I hate to admit this, but I'm but I'm going to um, I, I was never admit anything. It was not me or you. We were not there. Not. <laughs> no, I was there, but uh, I was I was unfamiliar. And, and I know I, I, you know, I'm friends with a lot of great players in in your part of the world, you know, like Alan Nemo and Ben Poole yeah. and You know, people like that. Uh, Troy uh, Redfern. Yeah you know, um, but, but I was completely unaware of, of who you were because one is, is that I I used to follow the blues scene pretty, pretty hard. And then I got away from it, you know, and now I'm just, you know, I'm just more passionate about the guitar than I am a, a genre of music. And I used to go to the, the blues challenge in Memphis all the time and down to the, uh, the awards down there and that so uh but when i came <laughs> across you i was like well actually peter noble was the one that presented me you know presented you to me and i was like really blown away i thought man this guy is really talented thank you thank you really, so much. really talented so i, I want to know what it felt like though you know to win the challenge though and then come to america to memphis to be a part of the blues challenge
1: what was that like for you uh it's, it's a bit surreal to be honest with you, like, you know, where I come from, like I was saying, you know, you don't get many opportunities like this. This is a big opportunity. So for me, I mean, as fun as it's gonna be and and as nice and everything as it is to be asked to do that, uh, the opportunity is fantastic. It is work, you know, it's taken really seriously. We're not going over to Memphis just to have a party and, have you know, just go on the lam. This is like serious work for me, you know, so I'm, I'm really gonna give it all I've got. I'm thankful for the opportunity, no matter what happens, you know, we're just going to go and 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 try our best, you know, and, and just be just be thankful for the for the experience, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's that's coming up too, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be. It's. Uh, I mean, the the competition starts on the sixth of May. It goes right. on to the ninth, so there's a good three three days of music there. And right. I'm and I'm going to try and soak up as much as I can in between, you know, the bits I have to do. I keep saying to the you know my family here, my my two managers that once we get there i'm just going to kind of sneak out the back door you know and you'll never see me again
0: yeah yeah well you know there's so much history and there's so much going on and there are so many um i don't want to say important but there are there are a lot of important people that show up to that
1: yeah Yeah, i'd say it would attract a big um a big following of real real people that you know that want to want real blues and and I don't think people are going to be suffering fools over there with this thing, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think one of the big things for this, for me personally, is just to be yourself. You know, don't yeah. be trying to be this or be that. Just, you know, if there's, it's going to go two ways. They're either going to like what I do or they don't like what I do. That There's going to be no in between there. So right. I'm very aware of, of that, you know, and uh, I, there's no way I could cater myself to, towards this or towards that to try and win something. I mean, that's that's not really what we're about. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the actual challenge of it—not the competition, but the the put yourself under pressure. To come from a council estate in Belfast to you know Memphis, America, the states, Tennessee—it's says, dreams come true, man. It's it's absolute dreams come true for me. It is, you know. So yeah. I mean, it's just gonna be—it's gonna be great, yeah. regardless yeah. of the outcome. It's gonna be amazing
0: right because you know a lot of the players in in your part of the world never come to america to play you know i mean they all want to but there's i mean let's face it there's you know money is is slim over here there's so much there's so much competition you know yeah, yeah, I know
1: you're right. You're right. It is a competition, but it shouldn't be because it's, uh, the music is this great universal language. But there is this competitiveness to even getting gigs. Yeah, you know, people yeah. will. I mean, there are people that will help, and people have helped me, and I'm really thankful for it because they didn't have to do that, but they did. You know, because yeah. it was the right thing to do. But there are people in in this in the business of it that are that are not, they're untrustworthy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's and you can. But but i keep i say this at my gigs as well it's getting harder to spot the psychopaths you know years ago you could spot them a mile away but now they're becoming really hard to spot you know and it's just getting harder and harder <laughs> you know, These guys you know yeah. but um, i know you have to keep your wits about you i guess in the in the business side of it i mean i some people just want to play i i just want to play me i just want to play guitar you know like i was saying earlier i'm in i'm in a whole other realm of boredom when i'm not playing playing guitar you know
0: yeah, you um, know, you know, you know, some really good advice that that somebody gave me years and years ago. Because you might not know this, but I toured for you know two decades, and I played with you know like Lucky Peterson and Junior Wells, and nice, you know, know a lot of a lot of. I, I mean, I'm from the Chicago area. I grew up playing blues at the blues clubs in Chicago with a lot of with a lot of people in that. And something somebody told me years ago, back in the late '80s, they said. You know, it's it's one thing to to know your craft and know how to play and how to have a conversation on stage and all that other kind of stuff. But it's another thing to really understand the business of of playing guitar. And so that really struck me. So at that point in time, I can remember that I I started paying really close attention to all the little aspects to the point to where. You know it, it i uh, i think it was in the 90s i owned a record label and did distribution for a lot of guys and stuff like that because i really understood the business of guitar and there's so many players out there that don't have a clue as to what it really takes and what's yeah. really involved and so yeah. you know it's daunting when
1: you yeah. when you figure out you know yeah. i mean when i was a kid we like a little stupid thing, we went on done like a demo with this guy up in Antrim, and, and uh, he was telling us a story. And it's this, this is exactly what happened to these other guys that were in there doing the demo as well. They made the demo and they said to him, So, what do we do i And he said, I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> we're expecting this big, like a deal and all you know, all these things to happen just like as if by magic, you know. And I, I kind of thought that as well. Whenever he was saying, He was telling me the story, I was like, Oh, right. Okay, so you don't know the next step, and I don't know the next step. Nobody knows the next step, so we'll just quit and just quit about our business. You know, and never spoke again. But um, yeah, no, it is. It's it's very daunting. I mean, I'm I am so lucky. I am so lucky because I mean, I had it pretty much in my head when I was a kid. Because the funny enough, I know it's a stupid thing, but the film Rocky, you know, the the, the Sylvester Stallone the boxing movie, then the very first one. You know, Mickey's not giving him any respect at the gym. You know, he's lost his locker and, and he's had that locker for, you know, five, 10 years or whatever. And then he gets this uh, this title fight by accident and and Mickey comes to see him in his apartment and, and Rocky lights on him, you know, he goes crazy and, and all this stuff. But Mickey's telling him that he never made it because he never had management, you know, because you need to have management, you know what I mean? And it was all this management thing. So that, as a, as a kid, had a had a profound... Effect on me, you know, and I always knew that I needed management. And then things started happening whenever I, whenever I got ripped off a lot at first, and yeah, had yeah. had to do the whole, you know, ten years of pubs and clubs and people getting sick on you, people stealing your equipment, people wanting to fight with you, people stealing your shoes. Someone steal my shoes one night um waking up in the back of police cars after getting beat up waking up in ambulances after getting beat up and New year guitars been smashed and all that stuff 10 years of that crazy blur that is you know growing up as a musician it happens to all of us like you know when I got management when when some interest happened chain of events you know when I met I met Fenton and Audrey and things start, started happening then you know because I got management right management. You know, I always knew that thing. So for me, I've been lucky. I've been really, really lucky because I haven't had to fight as much, I guess, to get where I am because I've had management. I can imagine trying to do everything that's happened over the past four or five years all by myself. And phew, nah, there's, there's no way, there's yeah. just no way that you have the time. I have two kids, you know, I have a, a family here at home. There would be no time for them at all. You know, there'd be no time to even play guitar if I was doing all the stuff myself. You know, you need to have a really good team around you, I, and I have that. It's not. It goes beyond music. You know, it is a family thing. I mean, the, the feelings that we all have for each other here—it's a—it's a lovely family thing. It's not just like you're—you have to play here, and here's your schedule or whatever, and you know, go away and leave me alone, and i will stuff to do. We're all very well connected. You know. So that to me is the biggest, I mean, like the main thing for me is to feel comfortable with the people you're working with. And, uh, and these guys uh, that I'm working with are fantastic. They've done things for me that I will never forget ever, you know, and loyalty will be questioned at some point and I'll be like, yeah, but well, these are the guys that I'm loyal to, so deal with them. You know, if anybody comes along like, you know, Fenton, go talk to Fenton. There you go. He's my heavy hitter. You know what I mean? I, I filter he's in my filter. Go ahead, go talk to him, he'll sort you out, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I'm lucky to
1: have that, you know. So I'm yeah. very aware of, of, of
0: how lucky I am. Yeah, that's 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 good that you're surrounded by good people like that because it's yeah. that's, that's difficult.
1: They were hard to find because I mean Belfast and hey, you know, even though Ireland, my, my own country, hasn't been too kind to of me, you know, mm. musically or, or any other way. Um yeah, So we did a thing and we won something. or It was actually the Memphis thing, the, the opportunity to go to Memphis and, and play at a competition. was the Irish one? Um, oh, it, was, it was an Irish one. We did an Irish one here in Ireland too. Same kind of thing. It was in Galway and, and we did a competition. But when we got picked to do that, we kind of put like a little press kit together, you know, gingerly, and give it to like, you know, the, the, the newspaper guys around the around the city. And nobody picked it up. Nobody wanted to write a story, success, a guy plays guitars, made it and he's going somewhere over there to play some music. Nobody touched it, you know. So there was, and getting gigs in Belfast hasn't been easy because I'm not friends with the organizers here. You know, I don't know them personally. You know, the only people that get gigs in the festivals, most of some of them here are are all friends with the organizers, friends with the promoters. So it's very much a closed shop for a little outsider like me. You know, I have to go to places like Moscow and switzerland and america to get a gig just to keep the lights on at home whereas my own country and my own city won't help me at all you know mm-hmm. so that is scary <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> you know what that, that's, that's yes, actually it's actually common you know because i can even speak from my own experience i'm from chicago i you know i i grew up playing in all the, the chicago clubs yeah. but my success really came when I started touring the West Coast because right. they they would accept me more, and they would you know. But back home, you're just you know you're just whatever you know. Yeah, you're just next
1: door neighbor. You know, yeah, right. you're just a guy. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. And so when I started establishing a tour somewhere else, and then I started doing that regularly, man, that's where the success really started to come. And yeah. still to this day, I mean, I'm known here. But yeah. it's like I still don't get the, the recognition or the attention that I get in so many other places. You know?
1: yeah. So I, I think it's definitely a good thing. For me, it's healthy because I have to live here as well. You know, yeah. I haven't left yet. But I mean, as soon as I get the opportunity at some point, I, I'm going to have to leave. But I would have loved to have been a part of the Belfast music scene. You know, I would have loved to have been in that community for even a little while. But uh, the opportunity never arose for me in this city which is yeah, sad, because I was born here, I'm from here, I love this place, you know, but um, right. sadly, that's just the way life goes. I'm looking forward to, you know, getting out in the world and, and just playing bloody music, you know, and, yeah. and just forgetting about everything else. Uh, but I, I have a couple of things coming up. I mean, the new album, A Savage Life, Right. it was an experience to make. Uh, we went to two different studios and we had just, it was just like problem after problem, and I I look back on like people like rory gallagher and you hear the stories of them just you know picking the whole album up and just putting it in the bin and saying it's not good enough you know for what we're doing it was all that stuff going on but we we finished it and i fought to get it really underproduced. you know i needed to replicate this album on stage so i couldn't put any fancy things in it all the the effects were just my own effects you know so it was recorded just really dry and like one takes and stuff. And I love that about it, it's really raw, you know. So that'll be released on the 8th of April and I'll be touring it in Northern Europe and the UK, hopefully during October and November of this year. And I hope that happens because with this whole virus thing going on, who knows what'll happen next? That's the beauty of life, isn't it? What's around the corner, who knows when. Uh, but, uh, the, the the competition in Memphis is going to be great. It's going to be my first time in the States. and it's just going to be a hell of an experience and it's in the solo geo duo, duo category um on the 6th of, to the 9th of may so if you guys are around please come in for a chat a coffee
0: and other stuff
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> um, well i've heard the song 12 gauge because i think that's the only uh, one kind of yeah. been leaked to me i yeah. think it releases this friday correct yep yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's killer. I mean, it really is killer. You know, I, I'm a I'm a fanatic for for you know in your face blues. Yeah, and I mean
1: definitely- it's Celtic and bluesy and Irish as I could possibly fit into two minutes and thirty seconds, which is all I had to work with. So, um, yeah, it punches you right in the face. You know, there's no there's no whimsical intros or outros or anything. It's just it's just straight away. You know, so that's that's good. And it sounds like it sounds. You know, it sounds like a, like you can you can replicate that. It's not a, like an unachievable tone that you've only used your best stuff in the studio, you know. I used the worst gear I had to make that. I used like a PV Classic 50, 212 for that album, you know, and a Blues Deluxe and a loads of cabs, and I would just wire them all up to make everything work. And there you that was the, that was the sound, you know. That's all, I just used everything I had. Hey, um, I'm coming over to Nebraska. Uh, this year on the twenty-first of May, well, hopefully if that happens, there's a gig, there's a gig in Omaha, Nebraska, and I we talked to the guy in Switzerland. We were at a gig, we did a gig with Ben Poole over in Switzerland, and I it was like a double feature for um, the Zeppelin Festival. Don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's it's run by Mark Stansley, Stens, a yeah, lovely guy. Um, but when we were there, we met this guy called John, and we call him Omaha Omaha John, or is it Omaha? Was John. Jeff Omaha Nebraska Jeff and Omaha John um and they were all you know come over come over to Nebraska and do this gig and we'll you know we'll sort out visas and all this stuff and they've been great you know they're they're sorting out all sorts of crazy stuff for that so that's like a solo and a band show which I'm bringing my band from like wow. Ireland and they're coming with me to the states living the dream it's like a fairy tale i'm saying it but i'm not believing it you know what i mean right um so it'll be a lot of fun. It's on the Dan Bar stage in Miller's Landing, which I believe is a beautiful place. And you know, if if, if there's anybody around the area, there, uh, come to that. That's gonna be a really good, really good, uh, a good time. It'll be more of a like debut, it oh, really, uh, like uh, a debut. When, so
0: when is when is that? That's in. It'll be on the twenty first of May. May. You know what? You know who you guys, I know you got your, 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 your manager or whatever, sitting there with you. You want to reach out to Jeff at the Red Shed in Hutchinson, Kansas, because it's in the same neck of the woods that you're going to be in for there. Right. Got a great venue. They would absolutely love you. And who knows, you might be able to tag another date on there that'd be amazing
1: actually because we were we were trying to because we're over there and uh, when the guys are there and we we're all there we were trying to get gigs like crazy um but because of the pandemic and everybody's like two years backlogged they have to look after their own instead of like the foreign invaders do you know what i mean they have to give the gigs that they booked two years ago to the guys they booked two years ago they can't just yeah. you know bring me in because we're there so that's sad that we didn't get that but hopefully we can you know we can work something out and do as we'll do as much as we possibly can in the time that we're there and even if that means like busking on the street or like in a music shop you know for some food or whatever here let us come and play in this music shop for an hour and you
0: can buy us a burger you know what i mean that right. type of thing that'd be great well there's a hand there's a handful of venues yeah, that we in, that, we you know, that in that region that didn't close down i mean they might have been closed down for a little bit during the pandemic yeah. for the most part have been wide open Dude. so it's not the situation where they've canceled all these gigs and now they've got all these gigs coming back
1: yeah. i mean they're just booking
0: yeah. Yeah. new gigs so i mean you've got like uh, you got knuckleheads in kansas right which uh-huh. you know you could, you could probably get knuckleheads easy you got the the zoo in lincoln nebraska Yep. And then you got then you got the red shed in Hutchinson, Kansas. I mean those are three great places for you. I'm writing these down as I
1: speak, and when I say me, I mean him. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely look into those. That'd be brilliant. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: you should. You should. And if you need contacts, you know, Peter has my information. I'd be more than happy to share my information with you guys. And oh, that's lovely.
1: That's so refreshing to hear something like that, isn't it? You know, this yeah. is like, well, thank you. Um, you know, we'll be back in twenty twenty three. Uh, um, I mean, we're hoping, (laughs) I mean, Freddie, fingers crossedly that uh, that we're going to come back over and do a proper American tour. I mean, like a a really, a really big one. Um, But we just need a promoter, you know, we need somebody that knows the areas that we're wanting to play in and that that knows how much they ask for and and all that stuff. Because, I mean, we're pretty much just getting on with it the best we can, but nobody knows what we're doing, you know. It's amazed we're here at all, honestly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, see a lot a lot of people don't know this, but I actually I actually own a booking agency. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't Yeah, you don't know. go around, Sam. Look at me. I've got a hey, booking. Come, come on. You but know. you know what? It's like some of the guys like Ben Pool, do you know Marcus Demel in Germany? Not personally, but I have heard of him. Yes. You know who he is. Yeah. I mean, guys like that, man, I try to I'm, you know, I'm trying to do whatever I can to get them over here because yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, it's yeah. just like us going over to where you are. Exactly. It'll you know, drum up a lot of
1: attention. You
0: yeah. Know, I mean, it it's, really just, it's just needed. So, so I got to ask you though, uh, the name of the album Savage life. I mean, yeah. uh, it sounds like there's something behind that.
1: Yeah. Well, my, 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 my birth name is Savage. My wow. middle name in Ireland, we have things like communions and confirmations where they tag on another name and you get to pick the name, you know, depending on where you're from, I guess I mean like this is more like Catholicism, Catholicism or whatever you want to call it. I'm not either like i'm I'm neither you know I'm just alive right now <laughs> don't ask me for any religious status or anything because i I honestly don't have one um I have nothing against anybody who does by the way, you know east of the wrong I have no problem with it whatsoever i think it's a it's a beautiful thing, but it's just something I don't believe in but um what was I saying? before I started this rant. Yeah.
0: Yes, Savage.
1: Martin was one of the names that I, I chose for when I was younger. They, they had this confirmation or communion where it's like a whole ceremony and there's mass and everything, you go to a church and all this stuff. But um, it's a, a ritual, I guess, in their eyes, the rituals they do. Um, and I picked Martin and, and after that I picked Patrick. So it was either Dom Patrick or Dom Martin that I had to pick because getting a gig as Dom Savage was impossible. As soon as people heard the name Savage, they ran away or, you know, just lost interest or something. And it was, it could be just coincidence, this whole thing, but I don't think it is. Um, when I changed the name to Martin, Dom Martin, I started getting gigs, but it was around the time that I met Fenton and, and Audrey as well. So the time kind of fits in with coincidence, if you will. Um, yeah. So the Savage life is, um, it's just me acknowledging really where I come from, my name, you know, my father's name, his father's name and, and the the songs represent, you know, different times of my life that, uh, I mean, you have to understand, I didn't write any songs for people to listen to or I didn't write songs in for one day prospect of them being listened to by anybody or taking them on tour, or making money or anything like that. I've got 13 pounds in my bank account, you know, that's it. You know, I'm not. This is not a soft option of life that you just become a musician. I've done this my entire life. Every day I've played guitar. I can't remember a day where I haven't. i told there was periods where I quit completely, and I, I'm not talking about those. But when I'm playing, I'm playing every day, and it's not like I'm practicing to a regime. I just play like from the heart. You know, I don't read music or anything like that. So you know, music to me has been fun, and I've never ever taken it seriously like you know if i had it would have been savage (laughs) you know what i mean but it's just it's always been fun and it does show in the songs you know but these songs on this album and the one before it are are really personal songs you know so some people are a bit scared of that but a savage life is is just uh you know a continuation of a story i guess
0: yeah well if the rest of the album is anything like the song that i heard and i'm kind of guessing that it's probably Pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah,
1: yeah, I guess Uh, there's ups and downs. I mean, there's there's the most beautiful angelic songs in there, and there's the most ugly, distorted songs and angry songs in there as well. You know, so it's it is a complete mix of. It's certainly not a genre defining album. It's not a. It has blues and rock and everything, but it also has a really soft, sensitive kind of chewy center to it. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to tap into that. There's a lot of people that aren't going to be able to tap into the really ugly, you know, hard, angry, bluesy rock stuff as well, but they can tap into the soft, chewy centre if they want. So, I, I mean, Spain to Italy was a lot like that. There were, the formula, if you will, was, you know, as, as angry and, and horrible as you can make it, and also as soft and lovely and beautiful as you can make it too. That was the thought process that went out the window on the first day, if you will and the same with the second album, you never get what you want but I mean, looking back on it if I die tomorrow, and those two albums, two or three albums that, are, that, I, that I put out in my life I mean, I'm happy with those, you know what I mean, nobody can take that away from you, and in a world where I've come from, people taking things away from you, I mean, I didn't have anything, people took that too, you know, so uh, was it Steve, uh, C6 Steve said he has most of it left, I've got nothing, but them. £13 in my bank account, you know what I mean mm. so I, I mean I lived the blues before I even knew what blues were you know yeah. I had no idea what it was until I heard it uh, and I, I instantly recognized it and I felt it straight away and I've had such a profound f- effect on my life mm. just from, and I, you know who it was it was Pink Floyd the metal album uh, Seamus the dog where yeah. they have a dog howling and it's all sliding beautiful blues music and that album's crazy. And I must've been like seven years old or something. Um, and my dad was always listening to music and he got me into the Pink Floyd stuff. The Echoes is like the whole side of one LP. I still have it in the house, like it's brilliant. But that when Seamus the Dog came on it's like a two minute song, it just, I was like, what is that, you know? And that led me down the path that <laughs> my life was never the same. It was, That's it was cool. over.
0: Yeah. I, actu- yeah. I actually front a uh, David Gilmore tribute called the Gilmore Experience. That, I would love He's to see. it. Absolutely, I would love, love to him. see that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. amazing. But you know, I, I think the one thing that uh, people are going to gain is, is that you know I, when I when I when I listen to you talk, I can hear the passion that you have for for playing guitar and for music, and I think that when I listen to the Twelve Gauge song, you can hear that come through. You know, wow. and I'm probably sure that. When people listen to the album, you know, they're going to get a better understanding of just how passionate you are for 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 what it is that, you know, you're presenting in that because you come across that way.
1: Good. I'm glad. Uh, you know, like I was saying earlier, there's only one person I can be, you know, and it's it's me. Uh, and, I, and years ago, I, I always tried to be someone else. You know, if I was listening, and this is why I don't listen to guitar players anymore, because I become them, yeah. you know. The period I listened to Rory Gallagher every day for years mm-hmm. and I played just like him and I'm not mean his fluidity or anything I just mean the runs he did and, the, and some of his licks and stuff were like food for what I ate all day long you know um, and when I, I I purposely left certain people to later in life like Stevie Ray Vaughan I, I was aware of him I left him to a point where I was like 25 26 it was the right time to start listening to Stevie Ray Vaughan. But then I noticed that I started playing like Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I didn't like that, you know. And then and then Joe Bonamassa. I started, I listened to a little bit of Joe Bonamassa, and I started playing like Joe Bonamassa. And I was like, no, I can't do this. I can't listen to to these guys because I have to just be me. I can't start teaching myself how to play like them guys because that's their thing. You know, and people see right through it, straight away. They're like, oh, that's a B.B. That's a King lick or that's... That's an Eric Johnson lick that Joe Bonamassa made famous and now it's a Joe Bonamassa lick. Now I don't want it to become a Don Martin lick after that because it's like, it's almost like recycled blues yeah. licks and blues stuff that, you know, Joe's Joe's got about 15 different people's best things all in one person. So if you want to learn, Joe's probably the guy to go to him and copy, whereas I don't want to copy anybody. And I know I'm influenced by a lot of these guys, but I don't want to be just another replica trying to be as fast and perfect note for note as I possibly can, i just going to be it, be myself,
0: you know. Well, and that's how you're going to be successful, you know, Absolutely. people that are, you know, trying to, you know, play like somebody else. I mean, that's something that always holds you back from being really successful. People yeah. love, this is the originality of who you are. It's It's what you have to say and how you have to say it as yeah. opposed to, okay, you know, here he is. Saying this like Joe Bonamassa would say it, you know, Yeah, you're exactly right. It's it's, know,
1: easy it's easy hard. to fall into that trap.
0: Yeah, it's
1: so easy to fall into that trap. I am lucky because I I don't think people are aware of it, but I I'm definitely aware of it because I'm so influenced easily, you know, by by certain things. Guitar being the the major one. Yeah. Uh, so watching other guitar players, yeah, I pick up a lot, uh, just in in really quick time. Actually, what they're doing. By just watching what they're doing. If you put it in front of me in musical form, like a sheet or something, I, I I'm lost. Like it's it's another language, you know. It's completely
0: right. to me. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's the way it is for for a lot of people. You know, it's like I think so. I think it know, is. There, yeah. there's there's quite a few people. You might be surprised. Some of the people out there that that don't know music that well, you know, yeah. that yeah. just play from the heart, you know, and that's it. I,
1: It's the best way. I mean, you can sit and you can practice for ten hours a day. I mean, you shouldn't really, you know, but you can if you want. But there, there's something different between like sitting in your bedroom and then hitting a stage because it just it all goes out the window. Everything you practiced, every well for me anyway, everything I practice, I'm like, oh, I'll do this bit, and it'll be like a set piece almost, you know. It's not. As soon as you get on the stage, all that's out the window. You're just you're going with the the wave of whatever is happening at that moment and there's nothing you can do about it you know you can't control it or anything you have to just well i I just go with it and uh, sometimes it doesn't work (laughs) sometimes it doesn't work at all and it's a complete disaster but the only way to really get experience is is to go and get out there and do it nobody's going to teach you how to how to have stage presence or craft or whatever you want to call it or i mean You have to just get over yourself like and uh, realize that it's not about you you know you're 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 leaving something behind and and you're there i mean it's a job almost because people have paid in for you to you know to come and see uh to listen to music and and to see a show so you kind of owe it to those people to put on the best show you can you know without acting
0: yeah
1: yeah I, i cannot stress this enough the acting part of it and you can you can see them, they're acting, they're actors. They're not musicians, they're actors. They're up there right. acting. That's not who they are at all. They're a completely different person. I find that the more you just try and be as comfortable as you can in your own skin, then go on the stage and be that guy, That people are like, yeah, this this guy, yeah. There's right. no bullshit with this guy, you know.
0: Right. People appreciate that, and it seems like people that are just true to who they are go much farther than – somebody that's trying to put on some sort of facade in order to get somewhere yeah
1: no as soon as i started telling my own stories and at at the gigs i mean it's a big part of it the feedback was just uh, like quadrupled compared to the last tour i did where i was just going on hardly talking like my first tour, i was so nervous i didn't know what to say i was used to people shouting in my face from doing pub gigs and and people trying to steal your stuff and fight me you and everything, whenever I got to England and I, and I did my first show in England, like I was on a proper tour, everybody was quiet, everybody was you know everyone shut up and when everybody was listening and I'd never had and they were like here, like they were so close you know yeah. and I'd never had that before and it scared the shit out of me yeah. you know. Yeah. I was terrified yeah. and, like, and Fenton's coming up saying you need to start talking, you need to talk to these people you know do something like no nope, I'm just gonna play the songs and I'm gonna leave and I'm Terrified. Um, on the second or third tour, I, I was up there telling my entire life story, and people are crying. There's some people. There's guy over here laughing his head off, and you know, and everybody had a had a much better experience. I mean, I I was so depressed because some of my songs are like really, really sad. You know, we're all about loss and people dying and stuff, and uh, and to do that, you know, in 18 nights in a row. It does things to you, man. You know, you're not the same person you are. It takes a while to decompress after that, you know? But people people leave my gig sometimes and are exhausted. Yeah. And they've told me this, and I'm, I'm exhausted after that. That was great. That was, you know, I'm so glad to hear the stories and, and all the energy you put into it. And, uh, you know, I try and do like two or three different shows in the same gig where I do like the acoustic set first and then I'll get the band on and we'll do a couple of acoustic songs. And then there's like this whole other side where it's like really you know rory gallagher and all that stuff you know yeah. running around the stage like on my head and everything and uh and yeah people leave exhausted and i'm like good i did my job you felt something and now you're exhausted yeah. Job, you know 10 yeah. out of 10 it's all very you got good. for yeah
0: very good well i tell you what man i uh i appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you and uh I wish yeah. you all the success when it comes to the challenge and your new album and your gigs in america yeah. and if and if you guys need some names you know yeah. just just get my contact information from peter and i'll be more than happy to help you any way i can
1: yeah you'll be elongated with with bloody
0: questions we
1: will have you tortured What we'll yeah. to the boys right
0: that's okay that's okay all right man i appreciate your time and uh I will. I will talk to you later. Okay, man. Bye, right, man. Take care. Right, take school. care. All the best. Bye. Bye. Now, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Dom Martin. Uh, we want to thank Dom. Thanks so much for participating in this episode. It was an absolute pleasure to be able to talk to him and get to know him a little bit more. Make sure you're following him on social media, and of course, you know when his music releases, you got to get it you got to get it and if you're ever around where he's playing you definitely want to go see him play so thanks so much to dom and to you for tuning in thank you so much for tuning in to guitar talk we'll see you next wednesday 3 p.m right here across all streaming services and at GuitarTalkOfficial.com. i'm jimmy warren thank you so much for tuning in